America needs firefighters, home for exposing your fire department and personnel to the rest of the world. We'll discuss how departments operate, their history, and anything unique, mainly with a focus on recruiting, retention, mentoring, and training. Join us as we expose you to some fire departments and personnel from around the country. Hey, this is Dave with American Needs Firefighters. Uh, tonight I'm here with Nate, and I'm here with Scott Ladwig with Ely Fire Department. And tonight is our, is this number two or number one? Two. Number two podcast uh, with American East Firefighters. And tonight we're going to talk with Scott. He's going to give us some insight into Ely Fire Department, um, some of the history, anything unique about the fire department. And then we're going to hop into retention, uh, recruiting, mentoring, and training. So, Scott, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Scott Ladwick um, with the Ely Fire Department. Been here a few years, and so just a few, just a few, just a few, gotcha. just a few. How long have you been on here? Um, actually, I started back on. I actually came to Ely about 34 years ago, and there was opportunities back when I first started. And then uh, here at uh, about 2014, I really started picking it up in that. Gotcha. Uh, my uh, work-life balance had shifted to a point that allowed me to be able to focus on, on, on some things that I'd love to do. Gotcha. Nice. Have you had any officer roles in that time, or have you just yeah. been a firefighter? Nope. During that time, I was assistant chief here from uh, 2016 to 2018 is what it was. Um, and then again, my work-life balance shifted, and of course, then I uh, wanted to make sure that whomever was leading the fire department. Uh, uh, had a more focused role than what I could add at that time. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's pretty important to do because a lot of places you have a officers that aren't really don't have, can't balance it out a lot. So that's cool that you did that. So what is the structure of Ely Fire Department? Obviously, you have fire chief, and like you're saying, you're assistant chief. Do you have <coughs> a chief and several assistant chiefs? How many captains, lieutenants, and then how many firefighters do you have? So right now we're sitting at a, well, our, our hierarchy kind of lists from the fact that we have a uh, single chief with two assistant chiefs, uh, followed by um, would be uh, three lieutenants. So each lieutenant is, has a speciality. One would be fire, one would be medical, and then the one kind of fills in the other pieces of that as well. Um, and then we have a, a, a admin person uh, that sits alongside that leadership role and make sure that we're aligned with uh, okay nice so nothing department. nothing out of the ordinary than no most no, departments so. no okay, cool. um as far as the overall roster uh we are looking roughly at about 29 to 30 uh firefighters um uh, with an ebb and tide uh periodically uh to upwards of 35 we have a nice do you guys have like the uh fire department support like the auxiliary that's something no, no, but I, I, I do believe, you know, there's interest in those types of things. Mm -hmm. And I say that is, is that when we, when we look at uh, the firefighter team here or the department as a whole, um, you know, could there be an auxiliary? Yes. But I think there's that passion that just uh, uh, outlives the, the piece of being able to sit on the sidelines and, and you know, do some of those uh, activities that uh, a typical firefighter wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in this department, uh, uh, we have a large range of, of ages, and they all participate uh, if ever there was a fire. So now, do you guys cap your 
staffing limit at all? Or so we have a cap of thirty-five uh, firefighter positions. Um, I will say that it's been, um, and I think this is the same across the board, uh, uh, filling all thirty-five at any one time. Although we have had uh, peaks where we've gotten there, and, and like I said, over time has uh, fallen back off. All right. Um, so when did Ely Fire Department be become established? So the Ely Fire Department was established in 1932. Um, back in that day, um, you know, we all have read the histories of fire departments and how how the equipment, uh, of course, has changed since then. Um, Ely did have back in in that day or in that era a horse-drawn wagon uh, with barely just a handful of volunteer firefighters. Um, it was. Uh, like I said, it was a horse-drawn wagon in where um, they actually used buckets of water. It, it toted, uh, toted enough water to get them there and what have you, and then they would go from there. So, yeah, cool. you're, you're pointing out the uh, cabinet over here with some history, some items in there, and that uh, leather kind of boonie hat, Gilligan's hat was kind of, I mean, that's kind of impressive. And it's, I mean, you can tell it's used because it's cracked and worn and... And I don't know if that's like the natural color or if that's from the fires, I'm assuming. So so it, that that is one of the really neat things about the department here. One of the treasures that we house is, is that we have some of the original uh, garments that the firefighters would don uh, in the event of. And one of it was a leather, leather hat in which they wore out into the fires and that sort nice. of thing. And really that's about all that they were they were uh, uh, given at that time mm -hmm. simply because it wasn't nice. there weren't coats and things of that nature they just came in their personal wear and I've been here before but Nate hasn't and when we first got here I you know took them straight to your museum back here which is you know it's not a huge room but it's pretty nice size and it's got a lot of history in there a lot of pictures and yeah. knickknacks and stuff I mean it's yeah, got that's pretty of, cool that's pretty sweet so. yeah one of the one of the things that one of the individuals that we valued so much here in this department his name was Jim Miller um, we've dubbed that room the Miller Museum <laughs> and so so over the years um, to kind of put it in perspective his longevity he had well into the 50 years of service here on the department um, during that time he was an avid collector of everything of that era and definitely any pictures that were taken of the crews of that day um, we proudly displayed uh, those individuals on the walls in our in our museum nice yeah it's pretty neat a lot of places don't do that to, you know they don't plaster their history on the wall like you guys do here some places are, you know well we're fortunate to have an, um, a larger department where you know in some cases mm -hmm. the departments are quite small or they're utilizing whatever space they do have for what they they right. need to be right. efficient do you guys rem do you remember when you guys <coughs> got your first fire engine we you know with the engine and a pump <laughs> so yeah so that's kind of one of the, some of the neat stories that uh, you know if you look back um, and do some research on the Ely Fire Department is in 19, I believe it was 1936, was the first mechanized machine that the, that the Ely Fire Department have. And it was built on a, I think it was like a Model T chassis is really what it was, what it was first built on. And so, so um, from there, of course, it's progressed through the years. What are some unique things about the department? Well, I think the one of the most unique things is the diversity 
in what we have in the department. Um, when we look at our department, we look at business professionals, engineers, uh, tradesmen, um, a broad variety, you know, IT specialists, and just farmers. And I'm not lighting that just because in any one of those fields for to be in the fire department, we're all kind of, a, especially in the rural areas, we're all engineers of sorts, right? We have to make do with what we have um, in situations that just never never model out to be the same as the next. So so I think that's really one of the, and, and we've been very successful in that means and being able to work together as a team in that format, so. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so let's just get into it. Uh, do you guys do anything special for recruiting or how do we, how if I wanted to join Ely Fire, how would I go about it? <clears throat> So of course we have a website um, uh, out there uh, on under the Ely Fire Department, Ely, Iowa. Um, but but more importantly, what where we end up getting our larger draws are the events that we hold throughout uh, throughout the year. Um, for instance, uh, one of our larger events is the uh, Ely Fire Department's Pancake Breakfast. Um, that there in itself is an opportunity for us to demonstrate what it is that we we are as a department by servicing servicing the community and and at any given uh, event I don't think we've had less than 3,000 individuals show up that have made their way through the department um, so that's kind of one way of first introducing us as to who we are um, other things we do is that we work with fire prevention with the Prairie School District um, we do events out there uh, um, in the fall and then we do the same somewhere in the in the springtime with uh, our local library in where we uh, um, have uh, fire prevention days speak to equipment demonstrate our equipment and I think our biggest draw is, is that when the the younger kids that we we touch uh, get a little older they'd start to draw themselves towards our department mm -hmm. As far as like members that are on the department, as far as retaining people, is there anything special that you guys do? Um, I guess, you know, when you're on the department, is there any kind of perks? I mean, other, other than obviously getting to go to fires and calls and stuff like that, that's yeah. a huge perk, you know, but is there anything else that, you know, hey, I get t-shirt every year for whatever event or hats or, you know, is there any kind of retention kind of things or like, that you guys do? Do you guys pay for trainings or reimburse yeah. for training? Right. Yeah, so you know there there are there are a couple things and 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 it's is 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 somewhat typical to most departments, but we do we do uh, pay for the education of our of our uh, um, our crews. And I say that is this is not necessarily just the firefighter 1, firefighter 2. It's it's however far an individual wants to take it is where the department will will uh, um, afford that and the same goes in the medical side of things as well um, given that we are a, uh, emergency medical service uh, we do we do offer those educations as well and when I say special training so we have uh, um, had a moment in time where we sent folks out to uh, uh, Nevada to the T1 test sites out there and CTOS for lack of better words mm -hmm. which is an incredible learning you know it's one one week of just some intense training and education um, in a field that we hope we'd never use, but at the same time, it's an all expense paid, let's go, and, right. and those are the perks they do. They do offer, you know, conventions, things of that nature, 
um, fire schools during the winter and during the, the fall months um, in where you know they they promote folks to do that and then outside the occasional t-shirt you know and the adrenaline candy uh, we do offer some dinners from time to time for the team as a whole to get together and just share their families and 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 accolades throughout the year yeah that's awesome that you guys recognize everybody yeah, that's, that's awesome cool. that you, the city actually pays for everything to you for you guys to go to for that training my my department does the exact same thing so that's yeah, that's that's a huge thing yep so uh what do you have to be 18 out of high school to join ely fire or just 18 years old so, so uh, the answer to that question is there's a, there's a process in order to get on to the Ely Fire Department. First and foremost, yes, you need to be 18 years of age. Uh, we have we have entertained looking at a junior junior group to help kind of help facilitate the the transition in the department. Um, but uh, for all intents and purposes, um, you could start day one when you turn 18. Um, that has a, a, a probationary period in where we make sure that those individuals are comfortable with those on the department and those on the department are comfortable with those choosing or wanting to be on the department. So there's that there's that phase that they could start pre-18, but day 18 they can start on the department. That's cool. As far as um, what we touched on the recruiting and retention, as far as like mentoring, um, do you guys have do anything special as far as mentoring like junior firefighter or like your your less seasoned firefighters you know with a more seasoned firefighter or anything like that and I guess you know even even myself I you know I've been on my department for 20 years so now, but I still have mentors you know even though I've been around for a while I still have mentors and you know that kind of thing do you have mentors and do some of the newer guys do they have mentors within the department kind of thing or even outside so th those are relationships we tend to see how they transition um, however we do uh, for our duty roster require that we have an officer on every shift we do require that we have one medical person on every shift so if there's an interest whether it's fire or medical those are individuals that you can you can go to and then not to mention we do spread out the senior individuals so that they're not all on one shift because we just sit and drink coffee city the city of ely um pays for all let's back up let's yes. back up city of ely doesn't oh they don't it's the department, the department. so okay. throughout all of our fundraising it comes out of your fundraising it comes out of budget? our fundraising okay. and state uh, state funds and gotcha. uh, that allow us to be able to participate okay. awesome. in those activities wow, that's awesome yeah so on the training do you i guess what's your schedule like each month do you have obviously do you guys probably have a business meeting each month and then you do you train once have a like a another day out of the month that you train do training maybe like a f there's one night that's fire and maybe another night that's ems or is that mixed together or are you here you know once every week or how does that work for your guys's department so we do have several training opportunities throughout the month um one thing that we did and and really um grew towards was during the COVID years when we couldn't have our hands-on training so what we did is we enlisted um, experts, doctors, nurses in the, in the field that were willing to, and paramedics that were willing to 
participate in a remote type learning. Um, that's that's kind of morphed a little bit, right? Because right. our normal training would be to have fire one week during the month, okay. uh, medical the next week during the month, and then have a business meeting during that month as well, right? Okay. Well, with the with the transition that we we started to culture here in the department was is that we're taking uh, learnings from paramedics, uh, uh, Jake from out in. Uh, um, uh, Mount Vernon or Lisbon there, ambulance service. He does a remote training and helped us kind of get through some of them COVID, COVID uh, uh, months um, where we were lacking and allowed, he, he actually does the, uh, uh, does a video and then actually offers a hands-on in the department as well. So what that's done with the department has allowed us to be able to blend both a fire and a medical process together and where before it was a little bit more cut and dry, you were either fire or you were medical, now it's we've got that understanding that you really need both when you're in the mix, you know, and, and this has become very healthy as far as a training activity. Uh. How long is your probie year? A year, six months, two years? So there, there is again another progressionary uh, uh, phase in where we um, allow the individual one to obtain their education standard, and that standard being a minimum of FF1, and then or an EMT status. Mm -hmm. um, within that year, and again with the EMT status, given the fact that we prefer them start with FF1, and then move on to the medical side of things. It could be up to two years to acquire those things. But before they get there, that is, there are evaluations. Basically, stop gaps in the system. That if things aren't working out for the individual or for the team as a whole, the officers will regroup and they'll basically uh, do an evaluation and see, okay, what is it that we're missing or what is it that you know we need to recommend next steps be. So that process takes over a year period of time. Um, and then at that time, those results are brought back to the to the whole department, and and then a request for a vote, either yay or nay, is is asked at that time. Nice. So, as far as the future of the fire department, is there any big grandiose plans, or is it kind of try to maintain the status quo? Is there any like changes <coughs> that you guys are working on? to transition to or anything like that? Is there anything like that at your, that's coming up at your department or planned for like in the future? <laughs> well, I, the one thing I gotta say, I gotta, and I gotta give kudos out to our chief Aaron Cooper in that, that he has foresight to see that there is growth happening in our, in our community. And it's a breath of fresh air in yeah. the sense is, is that we're realizing that we're no longer gonna be a one level firefighting service. That as, the community grows, as we see in Solon, the two, three-story buildings um, that we're getting more and more, um, um, we're getting more and more active in our call base based on the population of the right. area. Those types of things, and not just to mention that, you know, we are more connected ever than ever before when it comes to a mutual aid service. So right. those are adding to those call ratios. They are, they, he has that foresight to be able to say, okay, guys, let's keep our eyes open. We're not there yet. But right. let's be ready for the next step. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, having that, you know, having that open-minded and seeing that, you know, you need you can't just, like, keep the blinders on and go with the status quo. You have to, like, you know, prepare your department for the future 
and even if it's changes and stuff that you may not really like, you know, or going to be uncomfortable with, you got to kind of battle through that stuff. And yeah, yeah, I, I can tell you, I hold to you know the old school, and I say that because there's so much to learn from that, right? Mm-hmm. There, you can. Yeah, they've been there, they've done that, and and it's hard to describe what they've been through, but they bring that huge amount of value to the table. Right. Although at some points, you have to be able to bridge past that. Yep. And as the as the cities evolve and things of that nature, they do it leaps and bounds, which sometimes often catches that old salty dog, you know, uh, a little bit slower wanting to uh, uh, reciprocate that. Right. But that's where that's where that blend of young and old together seems to have a, a you know allows us to to maintain that outlook. So that's where one of the things here uh, that I've learned is like. Hearing the old stories from old timers, the old salty guys that have done, you know, been in different situations, and they'll tell you, hey, if you hear this, it means this. If you see this is happening, then this is probably going to happen. Or, you know, XYZ, you see it here happen, you know, be prepared for this to happen or something like that. And just hearing the stories like that, not even having to like see visually what it was, but hearing that story and having that you know filed away in the back of your memory, you know, for younger guys when you get out to, you know, rural house that's a balloon frame house and you have X Y Z situation happen, hopefully they can dial that back you know from the Rolodex in the back of the head and say, oh, I remember Scott told me that if I see smoke doing this, that this is going to happen, and you know they take the appropriate actions and. And do that kind of stuff and that's where i yeah like you're saying the old salty guys that have had that experience you know it's there's there's a lot of benefit to that information there yeah it's definitely a treasure chest to have and and again that too where and that's that's what's tough too is is that you've got the young energetic the adrenaline junkies that are you know we've kind of wore down a little bit over the age you know i'm 60 years old and so i don't move near as fast so it gives me more time to think but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we also need that young, uh, right. young in, this, in, the, in the department to yeah. be able to help educate us old salty dogs mm-hmm. that the materials that are in those buildings today are not what they were built up, right. you know, 20 years ago. And so. even and the same with the, you know, the young, their younger generation, the younger firefighters learn from the older salty guys that also it's vice versa as well, because the guys that have been around a while. You know, you're starting to learn, we're learning more of the technology kind of stuff that's been, you know, coming into the fire service and stuff, which is all great. Some of it's good. I think more of it's good than bad, but there's some things that are kind of like, eh, that's not going to fit our department kind of thing, you know, but there's a lot of stuff that is good, but there's that whole vice versa. I mean, I, as myself, I see it teaching. I, you know, the new group of kids that come in, always learn something new from them all the time so it's yeah. it's good stuff so yeah. yeah definitely healthy for sure what else you got buddy <clears throat> how many calls do you guys average a year so we're in we're in about the on average out here we're in about the 140 to 150 calls a year um you know we do see ebon tides when we when we were in the uh covid era there um calls seem to really just drop off and I think that's just simply because people weren't as active as what they are or were normally before pre-COVID. Um, but we have seen those numbers start to climb and climb a little bit faster than what they typically had done in the years past. So, Okay. 
I'm going to hit on a touchy subject. Uh-oh. For joining the fire department, and it's a yes or no question. I don't want to get too deep into it. Do you have to have a COVID vaccine to be on the fire department here? You know, that's the one thing. And, and at one point, I was a medical uh, field coordinator here uh, for the department. And that was we never mandated that. Um, um, and we... We gave it a choice. We do believe mm -hmm. it's a choice. We're in this day and night. Now, right. was it a convincing argument to, uh, yes, we led that it's one for your protection, but it's also for your family's protection right. as well. Right. Uh, again, uh, we left it as a choice. Right. And I asked that because you see a lot of departments mandating that. So yeah. I was curious, you know, some yeah. people might be wondering yeah. about I, that, We took so. the approach of, of making sure that we had pro solid protocols that were clearly defined and understood by our department mm -hmm. that if you're going to go on a call that's suspect, even if it's not suspect, these are the, the A through Z steps you must take before you even knock on the door. Yeah, we did the same thing. Yeah, that's time, what we did so, also. So. Yeah. Back to the number of calls, um, what are your specific services that you provide for the community? I mean, obviously, you know, bread and butter, structure fires. Is there any other specific services that you guys provide, like ice rescue, gra uh, grain bin rescue? Rope do you rescue. get in the rope rescue? Trent, you know, is there a confined space? Do you, is there any, I mean, all of that or just, you know, specific things? So, and yeah, as, as far as that goes, um, we do outside of, like you said, the bread and butter, the, the fun stuff, the firefighting, right? Um, we do provide a medical service uh, to an EMT level here um, uh, throughout our district. Um, what that entails is also a little bit of just human service and that, you know, we're not just uh, show up on someone's bad day, but if you need a hand moving, say, a pool table or moving right. a, you know, shuffleboard, whatever it might be. Right. Um, we, we allow ourselves, we open ourselves up to those calls and, and, and help out the community. They're, they're as supportive of us as we are of them, and so that's one thing we like to repay during that, nice. that period of time. As far as, as far as the services or the practices that we have, yes, we do ice rescue. Yes, we do the grain bin rescue. Um, and then here just recently this fall, uh, part of what I do is development and, and I'm building a large sports center out at uh, Cornell College, I partnered with several other fire agencies, Cedar Rapids, uh, Mount Vernon, Lisbon, um, uh, Solon as well, Swisher, and had them come out and we did uh, a bit of a confined space, a construction catastrophe, as you might call it, yes. that, that uh, tied together both medical as well as fire, extrication, ropes, things of that nature to kind of keep us a little bit more in tune with things that we don't always use. Nice. Now, I know you guys also are uh, responders for the airport. Yes. Is that, can you expand on that a little bit? <clears throat> so, yeah, we are, we are uh, second unit out for uh, the uh, Cedar Rapids Airport. Um, what that means is, is that any time that there's a call, um, chances are we're going to be the second one on site. Uh, we we uh, we support uh, uh, first attack as well as uh, water transport as well. Um, Swisher is also right on that front doorstep, so they are there, and we're we're pretty much well uh, in a competition. See who gets there first. Right. So. right. With that being said, you guys carry foam on your truck. Yes, we do. Yep. How much? We uh, 
we carry roughly, uh, and this is this is how it works with the airport as well. So on any one of our trucks, we usually have uh, about 25 gallons of foam plus in the tank of the truck, which is another five gallons or not five gallons, sorry, 15 gallons of foam inside. Um, once you get to the air, airport, and this is one thing with the relationship that we have with the airport, they also offer us training. At any given time we want to go out there, we can do that. And or they do the annual training where everybody else, you know, is invited to that sort of thing. In that, we do walk through what inventories they have available. So if we needed foam, say, uh, on, the, on the field, whether it's a hose attack or it's a boss attack, um, there is foam available for us to use and they open up their reserves for it. For those nice. departments uh what what have been your highlights about being on the fire department you know you know uh you get asked every once in a while from the when we do events why do you want to do this you know and at the end of the day and i sit here and i kind of gleam a little bit i really don't know other than the fact that there's a satisfaction that you just cannot describe when you answer a call and you have an outcome that's favorable you're able to help the community you're able to bring a smile to a child or comfort someone who is in need of care right one of the my biggest pet peeves and it's silly but it is saying oh why are you on the fire department oh to help people like we're all here to help people but like i'm gonna tell you i love the adrenaline rush that we get you know when the pager goes off and stuff so yeah. No, and, 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 and trust me, there's that excitement, too. Don't get right. me wrong. I think we're all a little bit, you know, there's a couple screws loose in every one of us <laughs> right. that are in this. But right. at the end of the day, there is there is an adrenaline rush uh, that, that goes there. You get that high. It's, it's, it's definitely candy to a kid mm-hmm. in a firefighter suit, you know. Right. So, so um, but, yeah, there there is that feeling of that. But why I chose... Um, I don't know, like, other than the sense that I think that each and every one of us are born with something that 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 draws us to caring for those, to sacrifice even our home lives to answer that call at 3 a.m. So maybe coming, so kind of maybe coming full circle back to kind of the history a little bit. Are there any like um, you know significant fire calls, or maybe not specifically fire call, but any kind of calls? you know, that were kind of a big deal within, you know, the fire district of, for Ely Fire Department that you can talk about and, you know, were kind of a big deal and maybe go into them a little in-depth on what was unique about them or anything like that? Yeah, so... a couple, maybe? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, one of the one of the biggest ones that I participated in was out at the uh, paper mill, the international oh, right. paper. Um, once we got the call there, we showed up at 8 o'clock in the morning and approximately three days later we were done <laughs> so you know if you want to talk about tasking yourself and, right. and and at that time being an assistant chief trying to manage fatigue knowing that you were limited on resources and that right. even cedar rapids was stressed trying to uh, help accommodate and filter in um, the logistics of something of that massive that really could have gone south, right? Um, given the dedication of that, what crews we had on site, and for that period of time, we're able to keep that under control. Otherwise, it could That's have gone awesome. south. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember hearing people, different people, talking about that that fire call. Yeah, so, so as a volunteer service, how did you guys handle that? You know, at some point, 
you got to rest. You know, so your cruise, you were there for three days. How did you switch out your cruise? Did you guys come back, rest for a few hours, then go back as a whole company? Or did you leave people there and then, like, filter out? So the answer to that, we ended up uh, um, in that once we started, we left crews there. Where their rest came was is once once the the size was the immensity of the situation was what it was realized. Um, they the city of Cedar Rapids began to bring in um, um, buses, air conditioned buses. Rehabs were starting to get set up. Um, uh, and I'm talking when I say rehabs, 365 degrees all the way around the building, simply because of the amount of equipment that was there and the, and where everybody was positioned and what they were doing. Um, they they mobilized in and around the event is what they did. Um, so crews were able to um, sustain a little bit longer. Um, we did at at one point once we had crewing enough. Um, we did pull back out, and everybody was given a once-over and cleared before they were allowed to go back in. Um, you know, typically it'd be a two-bottle and you know two to four bottle and you're done type thing, or two break and then two again and then you're done. Um, that wasn't what we had, or that wasn't what we could afford, given right. given the given the size of this thing. Um, however, the medical staff that was on board made damn sure that you were clear to go back in. That's good. Yeah. Good deal. Cool. No other crazy fires or anything like that that or car accidents or anything Yeah, I mean I mean I mean there's how other... did the how did the the derecho affect, you know, the the city of Ely? Did that affect you guys pretty good or yeah, so I mean we were we were right there in this in the mix of you know, as most everybody was in, right. in this uh Central Eastern Iowa area, um, but yes, Ely took quite the blow. Uh, we immediately, like most, went lost power. Um, so um, you know, sure, we had about a half a day to react to what was going on. Um, we did have a casualty here in town, a bike rider passing through, oh, wow. tree came down. Um, so that was one of the very first calls, um, and I can say that you know. Um, some of the incidences that we started to hear was okay we've got a building down we've got a person in the building that was down then we've got the tree incident and then we've got this going on and then dead silence oh wow so word of mouth and how communication happens were if you could drive to the department to say ask for help that's what was beginning to happen gotcha. and so the those that were here that day reacted accordingly other than going and trying to seek out and see where things were at but I will say in any storm event here the other thing that this department will do is we'll go out and actually start clearing roads to make sure that there's passage yeah. um, it's not just the cities going out and using a tractor to plow roads you'll have our guys go out with chainsaws yeah. and actually start taking things up yeah we do the same thing too we help out getting streets cleared if there's any yeah. kind of debris like that so yeah we do the same thing that's I think that's kind of the uh, Midwestern mentality is just everybody, everybody kicks in and everybody helps out to 
you know yes it's you may not done so right you may not see your neighbor for a whole year but when that happens right. they're standing right beside yeah, right. you exactly yeah. so the so, question is as far as like the city of ely expanding like with residents and businesses growing how how is the city expanding and also how is that affecting the fire department you know are you going to be getting more larger buildings business buildings more larger apartment buildings like the six plex 12 plex and is that going to affect your apparatus where you may have to have you know maybe a ladder truck or maybe not but i mean maybe now i have to have more ladders you know specifically is that gonna is that something that's happening to the city yeah so the city is is seen uh in and especially the last five years some substantial growth uh, upwards of about 30 to 60 homes a year have been built out here um and the city has just recently expanded um uh, opening up commercial and residential to the east and west and north of uh of, of town with that growth uh we've already got anticipated uh projects to take place on our main streets which are uh two-story uh, uh business residential units um you know with the residential unit on top of the business um which where we're at that point where we don't have the uh, equipment to be able to support. So to answer your question there, what that is doing is, is that's forcing this department to have to look at a means of being able to address a situation if it were on an upper unit, right. um, whether it be, like you said, a, a ladder truck uh, of sorts or a, uh, a, like I said, a different means or a complement of ladders right. to be able to get there. Right. Um, relying on cedar rapids to respond on any any uh, uh fully engulfed type situation it, it's going to be too late by the time they get here so right. we have to react and in doing so we have to not only train for but actually look at what equipment we have and evolve to that type of condition nice good information yeah i think everybody's kind of growing around here i mean i think it's you know people kind of get tired of living in the big cities and they move out to the smaller communities and it makes them grow and, and then people you know fill in where people left in the big cities and then you know more people move out into the smaller towns and so just the smaller towns just keep growing and growing and growing yeah. all right scott thank you very much for letting us come to thank your you department much. to ely fire department giving us a brief history and how you guys operate, how you recruit, retain, mentor, and train. Um, all the information was great. It was a great conversation with you this evening, so we appreciate it very much. So Same here. Thank you guys very much. Thank you.